Welcome back to the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to the New Orleans Saints. I'm your host, Tyler Raymond, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Dayton Brown. Hey, what's going on, Tyler? Who dat to another Saints up, game man? week? We are part of the Fan Side and Network, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, opinions, and fantastic guests, who I will introduce in just a second. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Unfortunately, we are without Charlie on this episode, but we will read off his thoughts on the game a little bit later. And be sure to follow him on Twitter at Saint Charlie. Uh, he's already tweeting about the game. He'll do it pregame, during the game, afterwards. Uh, always tweeting out some analysis and uh, always firing off his uh, you know angry tweets here and there. He's an entertaining yeah, guy. He'll be there live. Exactly, exactly. He's going to be at the game. Uh, so he'll be tweeting a lot before, um, a lot after, and then he'll be posting some videos during the game as well, sharing his thoughts. So we'll read off exactly what he wants to break down later on, but be sure to follow him on Twitter at St. Charlie. And now it is time to introduce our great guest here to help us break down the Rams side of the ball for this upcoming epic matchup on Sunday. Uh, he is the COO and podcast host of Rams Talk Radio, which has a fantastic following. Uh, he helps cover the Los Angeles Rams year-round and is here to give us some insight on that undefeated team. Please welcome to the show norm hightower norm how are you feeling after that gutsy win on sunday and getting prepped for an even bigger game in week nine what's up fellas uh how's it going boy i tell you that green bay game just about gave me a heart attack and now now we're uh now we're off to new orleans to face a tough saints team and i you know my heart i don't know if i can take it but i'll do the best i can Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be t- both teams are actually coming off some pretty uh, interesting wins. There were actually a lot of parallels uh, between the Rams win and the Saints win. Both teams got off to slow starts against really good NFC North foes. Um, obviously, the, the the Saints needed a um, strip fumble from Adam Thielen and a, a recovery by Marshawn Lattimore towards the end of the second half to actually uh, get themselves into the game going into halftime. For the Rams, you guys needed a uh, safety against uh, the Packers, which then afterwards led to a score before halftime. And then after that, both teams kind of took care of business the way that we all expected them to. So I thought that was interesting to draw a lot of parallels from both really intense games against really, really good uh, NFC teams. But uh, yeah, Tyler, how are you doing, man? Are you getting prepped for this game? I know earlier today we recorded the Vikings review, which yep. was a lot of fun. Now we're talking about the Rams. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, how are you getting prepped for this game, man? You you excited? Yeah. I'm very excited. It's funny. I've actually got to work till uh, 5 Eastern my time. I think the game's at like 4 or 4.30 mm. my time. So the second I get home, my, my butt's going to be glued to the couch watching the game. Oh, man. But uh, I'm very lucky. This is actually a game I get to see this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be super fun. I cannot wait. I, I think it's going to be uh, lights out offense versus offense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, take the uh, take the up. Yes. Uh, I think the we said it earlier before the show. I think it's um sixty. Sixty. Yes, is sir. The, uh, over under. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be higher than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, might, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Thinking. And yeah, it's gonna uh, be a good game. And you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. So usually they give the best of the best to uh, the best team. This is pretty much gonna be the game of the week. Uh, Packers Patriots is also gonna be a good matchup. But this is the one everybody's gonna have their eyes on. If you actually look at the broadcast map. Every single uh, county, really, in the entire United States is going to be watching Saints-Rams on Fox besides uh, people in pretty much Denver and Seattle because the Seahawks and Broncos will be playing. So other than that, pretty much everywhere else will be uh, getting this game broadcasted to them. So this is going to be a huge stage, national audience. 
the good thing is, uh, and we'll get into a little bit more detail about that later, but it seems like uh, since the Rams are undefeated, Saints only have one loss, even though uh, this could eventually mean home field advantage. This could determine uh, the home field advantage in the, in the playoffs or some sort of other tiebreaker. Um, it's not exactly a, a must-win game for either of these teams. It's very important for them, for whoever walks away with the win. It's very, very important because it, it, it proves to the league and it proves to all, all the fans that this the, the, whoever wins means business. But if a team does win, I mean, you're losing to a very valiant uh, uh, team. Uh, Norm, have you even thought about the Rams? I mean, I mean, obviously you predicted them to lose to the Saints, but have you actually thought about them? The the, the has the thought of them losing crossed your mind yet? Coming up here on Sunday because they've been perfect so far through the season. Well, like I said, I picked them fifteen and one with the one being in New Orleans. However, uh, I was on a our, our podcast li- last night. We had a guest from New Orleans as well. Wow! And uh, uh, Saints BS on Twitter, right? Beer and. Ye- Beer and beer and what is it? BS and beer. That's yes, what it is. Yes. Oh, dope. He's and awesome. uh, yeah, we had David on, and he was he was awesome. And you know, after looking over the game and stuff, early predictions, I predicted him to lose, but I actually predicted him to win last night in our podcast. But it's mm. going to be, it's 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 a three point game either way. You know, is kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, and and currently the spread, I think it hasn't changed. I think it's still at one and a half. In favor yeah, of the Saints, which which usually happens right with uh, uh, teams who are so evenly matched, they're going to give the nod to the home team. Uh, a lot of the times, they'll give like a three point spread. But in this case, since it is so close and the Rams are such uh, a high powered offense, I think that that's where uh, they they lower it down. Vegas lowers it down to that one and a half spread. But either way, it's going to be fun. Let's just uh, let's jump right into it. Um, I want to talk about. Let's actually talk about the injury report first because it's it's, it's pretty important and and for the Saints, it's kind of confusing. Alvin Kamara actually missed a good portion of practice today, uh, and apparently it's due to illness. Uh, I'm not sure Nick Underhill tweeted an update recently, but it didn't actually specify whether or not Kamara will be good to go. The the you know degree of his illness. Good thing it is a home game, as so uh, Kamara Kamara won't have to travel. Um, Could at be hungover, really. maybe something, maybe a celebration. I you know you know how he <laughs> feels about Minnesota. He's probably really happy to get that dub. Yeah. Um, Halloween and everything, and Halloween as well. On top of that, so who who knows? Hopefully he'll be okay. Marcus Davenport's still up in the air. He didn't practice today. He did hurt his toe. Um, so that's something interesting to work, uh, to, to look at. And everybody else on the injury report is probably questionable just because they either missed or were limited in practice today. And I think that includes Teron Armstead on that list. Uh, Max Unger as well. Uh, so that's gonna be interesting. But on the Rams side, it sounds like Cooper Cup is going to be back. Your guys' premier slot receiver, uh, who went to college about, uh, three hours away from where I live. I live kind of near Portland, Oregon. He went to Eastern Washington University. Um, and Where so did you say you lived? I live near Portland, Oregon, so Vancouver, Washington, actually. So about 10 minutes north, so <laughs> right in that well, area. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland now, but I'm from Portland, Oregon. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. See, it's such a small world. Ross Jackson, who hosts uh, uh, the Locked On Saints podcast, is also from from this area, too. So that's awesome, Norm. I did not know that. I should have asked Crazy. you before you came on the show. What a small world. And Yeah, I, I actually covered the Oregon Ducks for fishduck.com oh, and man. interviewed all the players. I know Max Unger really well. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. Ducks are so huge down here, too. I bet that was a lot of fun. Oh, man, it what was. a small world. And yeah. even smaller world, our other co-host, Charlie, he lives in, uh, I think, Fredericks, Maryland. Fredericks in Maryland? Uh, right right in that area. So He lives in Maryland. That's yeah, all he lives know. in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably in Fred- so. probably in Frederick, which is... Frederick, there we go. Yeah. Probably about an hour from me. That's... Wow. Oh. That's... Small that's, world. That's crazy. That's absolutely small world. 
Uh, that's <laughs> cool. You learn something new every day, so look at that. Yeah. But yeah, Cooper Cup uh, looks like he's come back for you guys, giving you guys that three-headed monster, pairing him with former St. Brandon Cooks and, of course, Robert Woods, uh, who is the Los Angeles native USC standout guy. He's been finding his groove there. Um, but h- how big will Cup's return be for, for L.A.? Uh, coming up in this game, getting him back after missing a few weeks. How, how big of an impact do you expect for him to make on Sunday against a you know uh, secondary of the Saints, which is highly questionable, especially there in the slot? Well, I think today's practice is going to mean a lot towards how that's going to work out. Uh, we're waiting for the evening press conference from Sean McVay to, to hear how he's doing, but we're pretty sure he's going to play. And you know, having him in there brings a whole other dimension to our offense, and it's it's definitely. Jared Goff's safety valve. Uh, I think that's his most comfortable receiver. Like whenever we're in a tough position and, you know, first, like third and long or something, it seems like Cooper Cup is always that guy. And without him, Josh Reynolds has stepped up and played well. And, you know, we're, we're really happy about that. We're really deep and wide receiver, but I, I don't think you can replace Cooper Cup. I mean, as you know, from where you live, and, and I also saw him a lot, and pl- watched him play live a lot uh, at Eastern Washington. He's a phenomenal player, excellent route runner. You can always depend on him. And that's, I think, the thing that, that Goff's been missing the last few games. He hasn't performed quite as well without Cup in the lineup. And I think that's probably because, you know, he is that safety valve. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have a safety blanket who's also one of the quickest guys on the field and can run incredible routes. So Cooper Cup, really important. Something Drew Brees has been missing this year out of the slot, um, especially with the, I guess, in and out absence of Cam Meredith and the injury to Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, So we we know the importance of that. So it's going to be crucial for the Saints to focus on Cooper Cup. Tyler, for the the Saints defense, Marcus Davenport, Might be out, might be in. We're not sure at this point. He says he'll be okay to play on Sunday. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, uh, reported that uh, it could be up to a month that he misses. Uh, If Davenport is out on on Sunday, how big of a blow is that to the Saints defense, this front line that we were just, uh, uh, you know, gushing about for for over the Mm -hmm. Vikings' victory going up against, you know, this uh, Rams offensive line and Jared Goff, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. How big of a blow would that be if, if Davenport can't suit up for the team on Sunday? Well, I think well, it's I've got to say first, I've got to get, I have to give kudos to the Rams in their offense. I'll explain why. Like, I, I can't even explain uh, the magnitude of how of how deep right now the Rams offense is. You have Todd Gurley, who can uh, – he's like a mix of Mark Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamara right now, like how I see it. You know, like he can take those screen passes uh, out to the outside, uh, off the tackle. He can run off the middle. It's crazy. Then they have, like you said earlier, a three-headed dragon. I, I, I'm probably getting off on a tangent in a second, but I think Lattimore will probably cover Cooks. But they have Jared Goff, who's just flourished under this new scheme with Sean McVay and – Right now, it's crazy how how big their offense is, and they're probably besides the Rams, besides the Vikings, uh, or besides the Falcons and the Vikings, they're probably one of the biggest offenses the Saints are going to play this year. So I just I just had to say that first. I think it's going to be a huge matchup that way. But with the defense, so we've been saying that um, the Marcus Davenport, it's crazy. You know, like uh, the way he operates, how big he is, how. Like he has, he's put on so much weight and so much mass to him. He's he's well over six feet. Mm. He's a very strong guy. But the thing is, nobody expected him to be as fast as he is. You know, and uh, we see him making tackles for losses. Uh, 
just this past game against the Vikings, had a couple sacks. He is an athletic freak. He's a beast. He's a monster, literally. And I think the Saints are really going to miss that. But I think, hopefully, you know, we've said before on the podcast, Okafor, if he can get back to his uh, uh, his form that he uh, a while ago, hopefully he'll be okay. And then we need to expect a lot of Trey Hendrickson, a defensive end who has, uh, we've set the bar high for him. He hasn't exactly reached that bar yet, but he's impressed sometimes. So I think it's going to be really important against a high-powered offense like this that the Saints defense needs to step up. Essentially, it's literally almost like uh, the Saints defense is playing the Saints offense. The Rams offense is that good. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup, though, to see how everything unfolds uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and and with Davenport out, that probably means Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, uh, who are the they other two. Step up, baby. yeah. Well, not only will they need to step up, but they're most likely going to be seeing more double teams now. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna that that's really gonna put a lot of pressure on Alex Okafor to fill that void for Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Um, Stallworth, David so Onimata, all of them. The other D tackles for us, absolutely. The linebackers, Alex Anzalone. Oh, Davison. Um, and yeah, exactly. They're all gonna have to step up as well. We might see some more blitzes thrown in there, but it also leaves uh, the Rams offense to operate a little bit quicker with less coverage and and Norm I want to go to you just about overall the, this Rams offense very impressive number one back in the league Todd Gurley is on pace to bring to break the Ladanian Tomlinson total touchdown in a season record um, he might actually obliterate it the way he's been playing um, what, what what overall since you've been able to watch this offense for the past year and a half under Sean McVay what is the key for this offense for Jared Goff and for the success of Todd Gurley what what do you see out of them that that just makes them work so well well I'm sure there's a lot of things sorry to interrupt but I'm sure there's a lot of things but but if you (laughs) name a couple well I'm sure Sean McVay is the x factor just Mm -hmm. because he can read defenses so well and pick plays that make so young yeah he's so young but he I mean, Andrew Whitworth, our left tackle, is older than he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you when you can look at a defense and say, okay, if I run, if I have this guy run this route, it's gonna it's gonna put him in an uneven match and allow Jared Goff to have a wide open throw. You know, Anthony Barr uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, they they torched him because you know he was getting one on one with Cooper Cup and with Todd Gurley. So he has that unique ability to be able to do that. But I think the biggest X factor for us is Todd Gurley. If I mean, you guys are ranked number one on defense when it comes to stopping the rush at like, yeah. I don't know, 70-something yards yeah. per game. Yep. And we're number one in the league in rushing with 150 Ooh. yards a game. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's going to be the paramount matchup between us. As, as far as the passing game goes, I think we're going to both light it up because both our secondaries are, are a little bit depleted right now. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the Rams' offense, it all goes through Todd Gurley. If Todd Gurley can establish the run, it's going to hurt the Saints in a lot of ways. Number one, it's going to give the Rams the option to do whatever they want offensively on the field. But number two, it'll keep Drew Brees off the field. And I think that's the game plan that a lot of teams have tried to implement against the Rams. If they can run the football and keep the Rams offense off the field, that's how you keep them from scoring. So I think you're going to see some of that opposite effect with our team. If we can get Todd Gurley established, it's going to be a a tougher game for you guys. If you guys can Mm -hmm. stop the run, we still have a lot of options available, but it limits the amount of things that McVay can do. But he is a he is a football genius, so yes. you know I'm really I'm really hoping he can draw it up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sean, Sean McVay, and it's 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 hilarious what happened over the weekend 
with with the Hugh, the whole Hugh Jackson debacle of of obviously he got fired during the game. Uh, he he could have saved a lot of clock for his team and possibly scored uh, by taking some timeouts. Instead, he kept them in the back pocket. After the game, he's asked about it and he says, "I don't recall." Meanwhile, you have Sean McVay who can remember every single play he's ever drawn up back to his probably high school days, high school yeah, coaching days. So just 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 absolutely mind blowing the the uh, amount of work and uh, excellence that Sean McVay puts into uh, uh, football and the creation of this uh, Rams offense that is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I wanted to actually go over the stats since uh, uh, Norm Norm just brought them up, this perfect transition into them. Um, so for, for offense, these are the league ranks for each team and, and how they fare in each category. Um, on offense, total yards per game, the Saints are 8th with 390. Rams are 2nd with 443 trailing, and this is uh, obviously total yards per game, um, and tra- the Rams are trailing only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and for pass yards per game, the Saints are ninth at 282, and the Rams are seventh at 292. So, so pretty, pretty, pretty darn close there. Uh, rush yards per game, yes, the Rams are number one in the league, 151 average rush yards per game. The Saints are tied at 17th with the Dolphins at 108, still averaging over 100 yards per game. Needs need to get those numbers up, especially with the two-headed monster we have there in the backfield. Points per game, the Saints are second with 33.4, and the Rams are third with 33.0. So eh, not much distinguished there. Both teams are going to be high scoring, and that's why I think all of us are going to be picking the over uh, here when we get to score predictions. Uh, For the defense, total yards per game, the Rams are eighth with 331. The Saints are 23rd at 374, and that's what the number one rush defense uh, the Saints have, giving up 74 rushing yards per game. Rams are 12th at 101. Pass yards per game, Rams are 10th at 230.5, and and the Saints are 28th, giving up an average of 300 pass yards per game. And uh, defensive points per game, the Saints are 23rd, sacrificing 25.5, or excuse me, sorry, over 26 points per game. Um, And the Rams sit at 6th with uh, giving just under 20 points uh, per game. So I think overall the, the Rams are getting the, the nods in terms of rankings in the NFL when it comes to uh, uh, these stats. However, both teams have looked really, really impressive. Um, and, and I think the biggest factor for this, since it's so even, is going to be momentum, and both of these teams will have it. I talked about momentum for the Saints going up against the Ravens because the Saints came off a huge one against Washington at home, and then they had their bye week. Um, for the Saints, they're obviously coming off a huge one against the Vikings, coming back home. For the Rams, it, uh, it seems like this is going to be their second away game in a week, even though they did play in Los Angeles last week. whole bunch of Packers fans there. Um, and I, and I want to talk about momentum because I think it's going to be really important. Um, I'll start with you this time, Tyler, and then I'll go, I'll go to Norm right afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. Both teams are coming off huge wins. They're combined 14-1. and one. How big of a factor will momentum be in this game? You have two veteran head coaches uh, with Sean McVay and, and – and, well, I guess Sean Payton's more so of a veteran, but they're both offensively <laughs> offense-minded geniuses, and they know how to control their locker room. Um, and then you have uh, two stout quarterbacks, one more so a veteran than the other, but they're both poised. Um, but they're definitely going to be thinking about what happened last week, the success they were able to get. Both teams have been rolling. How big of a factor will momentum play, especially for the Rams being on the road? I think it's going to be huge. I think the momentum, uh, I think a couple things. I think first for the Saints, it's going to be huge for them, and here's why. I think right now you have a defense that I don't know if I'd say it's up and coming. It's getting there. You know, uh, They played, I think, cumulatively, despite the yards given up to receivers, their best game in a while, uh, just everything from four sacks uh, to a piece from Rankins and Davenport, uh, just the turnovers, you know, the Alex Sansaloni, P.J. Williams, uh, headbutt kind of thing, uh, 
fumble that was returned by Lattimore for a near touchdown. Uh, then you have, you know, of course, the pick six by P.J. Williams. I think that all plays into it. I think, you know, we've seen the uh, the the locker room hype videos. This is Saints defense, heck, even Drew Brees gets in on it. And this team thrives off of each other, especially when they're hot. So I think that's going to be huge. And the other part of it is the Dome. I, I went there. Uh, funny story, Norm. I was actually there with my father. We are celebrating his 50th birthday. Uh, and we were at the Saints-Redskins game the week uh, Jubilees broke the record. The momentum was huge for the Saints. The Redskins at the time were a great team. Uh, coming I, off if a bye anything, week. We what did you say? Redskins were coming off a bye week as well. Yeah. And we thought, if anything, the Redskins were going to put up a fight. But the Dome was electric. And that was, that was a game a, a few weeks ago. Like, think about it now. Anytime... The Saints are home. It's lethal for opposing teams. But the Rams are a hot team, too, though. So I think it's going to be going both ways. I think the key factor here regarding momentum is going to be capitalizing on offensive drives. I think for the Saints, that means scoring touchdowns every time we can't settle for field goals. It's not against the Rams. And capitalizing on turnovers, if we get any. But I think it's going to be huge overall, though, for both teams momentum-wise. Yeah. And and if the pictures uh, coming out from from the Rams are correct, they they really aren't too too concerned about going into this tough New Orleans environment. Uh, recently, I think a few pictures came out of their Halloween celebration. They looked relaxed. They looked like ob- obviously an undefeated team, and and they uh, that that team chemistry is just unbelievable. So Norm, do you think yeah, momentum or, momentum or anything like that will uh, get into their heads? Do you think this or do you think with Sean McVay, this team is is going to be a little bit too focused to to let that outside noise get into them? Well, one thing about what McVeigh's brought to the team is this team has grown up a lot the last two years. I mean, I've been a Rams fan. I don't want to give away my age because I'm old, but you know, I, I watched Deacon Jones play in the Coliseum. Okay. So, <laughs> lucky you. No, I, I would have loved to watch him play. Yeah, I've I've been a Rams fan my entire life, and you know, I've, I'm kind of a football savant when it comes to information gathering and film mm-hmm. watching. And so, one thing I can tell you is that. He's really got this team to focus on the one game at a time thing. It's not just, you know, a cliche or words. It's actually true that, you know, he's really got them focused down to one game at a time, not to look too far ahead. And, you know, we're 12 and one on the road under McVay. So going on the road doesn't seem to be an issue for us. And we're used to playing in Seattle Mm -hmm. and you know how loud that place can get and how violent that place can get. So yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to be a huge shock to them to go to New Orleans and play well. You know, last time the Rams played in New Orleans was Jared Goff's rookie season under Coach Mustache is the only thing I'll say. <laughs> Coach 79. Coach 79. <laughs> yeah, Mr. 79. There you go. And, uh, you know, Goff actually played pretty well as a rookie with not much of an offense there. So I right. think he's looking to go back there and really show what he can do. And I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a factor. The momentum is great. It gives you a lot of confidence. And I think they do have a lot of confidence, but I don't think they're letting it go to their head. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a very focused Rams team. Yeah. After every Saints or excuse me, after every Rams uh, win, I, I, I've seen uh, from the locker room, uh, McVay is always reminding them, hey, we just won this one. But our next focus is, is the next opponent. He'll, he'll, he'll name the team off and say this week, that's who we're focusing on. So that that's a fantastic um, messaging Mindset. and routine to install to your team of, hey, this game's over, time to move on to the next opponent, and you're right, one game at a time, and that's how you win, and that's a huge reason as to why the the uh, um, Rams are undefeated so far throughout the season. 
instilling that sort of mindset uh, goes goes a really long way. Uh, there's other really important matchups. Obviously, McVeigh versus Peyton, the the Sean Bowl, as uh, uh, Ross Jackson said on his podcast. Shout out to Ross, by the way, giving us a shout out on Twitter a few times over the past few weeks. Uh, a great podcast. Check him out on Locked On Saints. But yeah, Ross was talking about the Sean Bowl. It's McVeigh versus Peyton. That's going to be interesting to watch. But also. The lead sack man in the league, Aaron Donald, who has 10 on the year, uh, he's going up against uh, him and that phenomenal defensive line that features Ndamukong Sue, um, uh, Michael Brockers. You guys just recently traded for for Dante Fowler. Um, and you also have uh, uh, j- just a whole boatload of guys there on that defensive line that are great. But you're going up against one of the better offensive lines in the league. And I think this th- this is going to be the most important, important matchup here because the Rams thrive off getting pressure. And, and you, you saw how big of a, uh, um, I guess, and I I know I've said this word a whole bunch this podcast, but momentum the Packers were able to get uh, sacking Jared Goff um, on the road against the Rams last week, and I think the same thing could very well happen with this Rams team. They could get out to an early start and sack Drew Brees, forcing this offense not being able to get going. But on the flip side, this Saints offensive line, First off, didn't give up any sacks last week. They have been fantastic. Toronto Armstead hasn't given up a sack the entire season. Uh, when they're I don't healthy, think Ramchek has either. I don't think Ramchek has. So our tackles are doing fantastic. Max Unger has had some hiccups throughout the year, but he's still one of the best centers in the league. You have Andre Speed on the left, Lair Warford on the right. Uh, when this offensive line is healthy, uh, then then it's really hard to penetrate. But um, wh- whoever wants to take it first, I'll just ask you guys. Uh, this is the most important matchup. Who who has the upper hand here? It seems really evenly matched. You go first, Norm. It seems really evenly matched to me. So, Norm, do you do you think? I mean, do you after watching some of this? I'm sure you've been watching film on the Saints. You know about this offensive line, but you know more so about this Rams defensive line. Uh, who has the upper hand here? Because it, it seems like this is going to be really even really interesting down there in the trenches. Well, I'll say that I think. When it comes to offensive lines, I think the Rams and the Saints are probably the two best offensive lines in Absolutely. the league right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so when you look at that, I mean, yeah, they had the Rams had a rough week last week, but it's because Green Bay threw a lot of stuff at them that mm-hmm. Green Bay hasn't done all year. So right. it caught them by a little bit of surprise. And later in the game, that kind of slowed down. But when it comes to our defensive line, they practice against our offensive line every week. So they're right. used to going up against, you know, some studs and, I got an interesting stat for you. So Aaron Donald leagues the league in sack right now. He needs one more sack this weekend to tie his season high for last year. Wow. So wow. He, he's already on fire. And a stat came out that out of all the plays that Donald's been in this year, he's been double teamed 70% of his snaps. Jeez. And he's, he's still, still finding ways to get through there. He still leads the league. So, wow. you know, I think I think what you're going to see is, and he's been his game's been stepping up more and more every week. So, he's going to be tough for you guys to handle, no matter how good your line is. So, I think what the X factor becomes is what can uh, you know Donovan Sue and Michael Brockers do with him getting so much attention. So, I I I know that Drew Brees is one of the best guys at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think that's going to be the key right up front to start out the game is Breeze is going to have to, you know, have a quick release, get it out of his hands quickly, get some short plays going, you know, to get the pass rush, to be honest. And then if they, if they can do that and run the football, you know, that's, that's going to be great for you guys. If, mm-hmm. if Donald can get in there as quickly as he was against Green Bay, mm-hmm. Drew Breeze is in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's going to be that's going to be the the key matchup in the game. I mean, when you look at both passing offenses and both passing defenses, I, you know, I think we're pretty equal there when it comes to you know being able to light it up through the air. 
I think the biggest thing is who can run the football and and who can stop, you know, the defensive rush coming from the the down linemen. And I think the Rams actually have the advantage there. If you look at our defensive front compared to yours, I think we have a little bit more of an advantage mm-hmm. there. And I think that might be a difference in the game. I, I I'd agree. And the Rams could definitely force some errors on Drew Brees if they're able to get there quickly early on in the game. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's usually when Drew Brees has a majority of his turnovers. Tyler, what, what do you think about the, yeah. the battle of the trenches there? I think it's tough. I think right now, if we're comparing defensive lines, I'm thinking with Devonport probably being out, I give the edge to the Rams. Here's my thing, though. Like, I'm thinking about, like, personnel-wise, like, people versus people. You have, at the very minimum, five offensive line for the Saints, but the Rams run a 3-4. So I'm almost tempted to ask Norm. Do you, because we know Drew Brees, you know, right now, it's funny. He, he's close to 40 years old, but statistically speaking, right now, if the season ended, sure, his touchdowns and passing yards would be better, but right now, just how he's performing completion percentage-wise, his quarterback rating, he, he's on fire that way. So uh, he's been, he knows where his guys are, and, he's, and he knows where he's getting the ball to. But my question is, I think it depends on, if the Rams decide to keep more players in coverage and maybe uh, make Drew try to throw those harder throws, you know, uh, they might have Michael Thomas, for example, double teams. And at the same time, maybe the Rams expect uh, their front three, you know, Aaron Donald, all those good guys versus those five. But I think if they, if the Rams maybe decide to blitz more, if they think maybe, they're going to try to rattle Drew Brees a bit more with more players. I think that's when it gets interesting because how quickly is Drew Brees going to get the ball out? So I guess, since Norm, I'm asking you this, do you think, uh, generally speaking, for the season as a whole and now, how have the Rams been playing more aggressive with their with the trenches, You know, with the front three, uh, adding more people to it? Or do you say they've been allowing their front three to be doing all the work for them well, they have more players in coverage, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. And we, we really kind of run a, a modified 3-4. It's, okay. it's, it's really, if, if you want my opinion, and I've been a, I was a defensive player through 13 years of football, and I also wow. coached, coached defense, uh, actually coached at Hood River High School. So Fantastic. Cool. <laughs> awesome. um, so what you're going to see, and, and Dante Fowler is probably going to play this week. He may even start. He's a good hybrid player, yeah. And what you'll find is we have, you know, our two outside linebackers have been Matt Longacre and uh, Samson Ibukam, who you should also know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and uh, Ibukam is the guy that will, he'll rush, but he, he, he might drop back into coverage where Longacre and in this case, maybe Dante Fowler, they're pinned back going to the quarterback. So you're, you're really seeing more than three down linemen rush. And when they blitz, they blitz a lot with Corey Littleton. And I don't know if you've paid much attention to Corey Littleton this year, but he's really made himself into quite a player. And uh, he's he's been phenomenal between blocking punts and getting sacks and, and coverage on the tight end. He's been awesome. He's fast from sideline to sideline. Uh, he's been a very unexpected surprise. So you're going to see some blitzing, but... You're going to see you're, you're going to see four guys at a minimum coming at the quarterback okay. all the time. That's really interesting, you know, because I think, you know, I think given the extent, you know, Drew Brees isn't perfect, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say it takes a little bit to rattle him, uh, you know, because he's the quarterback that's known for 
stepping up, you know, especially if he has to heave it down, uh, heave and throw it downfield. You know, you'll see him uh, move out of the pocket a little bit, do a jitter here, you know, a step here, you know, and not uh, not to say that he can't be taken down. Believe me, he he's just under that six feet mark. You know, uh, it doesn't take much to take him down. You know, and. But I think it's really going to be an interesting matchup to see what the Rams do. And I think right now, too, if you're looking at the other side, for Saints fans at home, I think if, if this was the game where I would be uh, in, in favor and at the same time a bit hesitant to blitz, I, I feel like the Saints might have to blitz more mm-hmm. just because you we, we haven't really seen what we're missing yet without Davenport. Because Davenport slowly has been gaining more snaps. We haven't really seen a game since the very beginning of the season where Davenport hasn't really played. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting on both sides of the field, how both teams approach the trenches and how both teams approach, you know, covering defenses, but it's, it's going to be fun though. What do you think, Dayton? Yeah. No, it- and and I'm with Norm on on the fact that the Rams defensive line. I think I think the defensive line, even with Davenport healthy, is 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 a little bit uh, noticeably better than our defensive line. But when it comes to offensive lines, these are the one and two in the league, so it's, it's just so evenly matched up. I mean, I think the the, the key really is going to be: uh, Are the Saints going to be able to to install these these defensive line stunts, which they were successful with against Minnesota? But are they going to yeah. be able to do it more often with better coverage down the field? Because it needs yeah, time sending to Yeah, sending five, sending six. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even if we're just sending four guys and we're able to get free like we did against a, a, an get okay pressing. Minnesota Vikings offensive line that had some injuries, uh, we're going to need the coverage down the field to be a little bit better. And that's also one I wanted to talk about, um, both on the offensive defense for, for the Saints. I'm worried about P.J. Williams getting burned by Cooper Cup. I'm also worried that Robert Woods is going to have a heyday with Eli Apple. Just because He's on of the my fantasy team. Robert Woods is on my fantasy team as well. Robert Woods is able <laughs> to get a lot of yards when there's a lot of cushion on him, and that's all Eli Apple really does is he plays zone, or if he's playing man, he's 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 way off the guy. We saw it a lot on Sunday, um, and he gave up all eight passes that were thrown his way, uh, so he wasn't able to break any up, wasn't able to force any incompletions, unfortunately. So I have a feeling that, that, that uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Possibly will have also have a good game if he's able to, because we saw it against Tampa Bay Week One. Marshawn Lattimore can get beat deep, uh, and it's not too hard to do it. So uh, will it happen against uh, Brandon Cooks? We're not sure, um, and it's going to be really exciting to see. But I think I think Cup and Woods are going to be the guys to keep your eyes on. On the flip side, though, uh, you got Michael Thomas versus Marcus Peters and Norm. Um, I know a lot of Rams fans have been fairly unsatisfied with the way Peters has played this week, but both of these guys talk a lot of smack in terms of Michael Thomas and and uh, Marcus Peters. Um, who, first off, who's going to talk the most trash, uh, in your opinion? And uh, does Marcus Peters have any sort of uh, upper hand on Michael Thomas, or, or do you see it being in favor of the Saints in that area? Well, Michael Thomas, I, I know a lot of people have been yelling at the rankings, you know, that come out. I know Sims came out with a ranking and Thomas wasn't in there and a lot of people were upset. So this guy, I mean, yes, he's had a lot of opportunities because of, you know, some things that happened early in the season and sure it bolstered his numbers, but he's, he's definitely one of the top receivers in the league. Uh, when it comes to Peters, a healthy Marcus Peters, uh-huh. he'd be, very, very tough. And, of course, Peters is going to talk the most smack. He, yeah. I mean, he, he does that every game. You know, wearing the Rams horns out after the game, uh, <laughs> you know, against, uh, I think it was against the Vikings. Love or, no, it wasn't. It was, I forget who it was against. But, anyways, he's going to talk the most smack, but I don't know that he's going to be able to back it up. I, I think he's been about 
I think two weeks ago he was probably 70%. I think last week he was maybe 75, 80%. I'm hoping he's a little bit better this week. We, mm-hmm. We've been in, we've been through the trenches, you know, with road trips and, you know, the teams we've played. We haven't had an easy schedule at all. And, you know, kudos to him for making it back out the next game. We thought we lost him for, you know, maybe a quarter of the season or more right. with the injury that he had. And yet he was out playing. And I'd still take a 70%, 80% Marcus Peters rather than, you know, Troy Hill or somebody like that who we've had right. in uh, subbing for Aqib Tlaib. So I, I think what you're going to see, the Rams don't do not do double coverage very often. But I really think this week, you guys, other than Kamara out of the backfield, I really don't see the other receivers that you guys have as big weapons. So. Right. Yeah, I have a feeling you're going to see our safety a lot on him, and and I think that might be a difference maker. I'm I'm hoping they do that. If I was, you know, coaching the defense, that's what I would do. Uh, if they can cover him, it's going to make Breeze's day long, and I'm yeah. just hoping they can pull it off. And if Peters is doing better and can play more to form, great. I think mm-hmm. I, I think all Saints fans are in agreement with me when I say we'd take Marcus Peters at seventy percent over either Ken Crawley or PJ Williams on our team, or uh, maybe even over Eli Apple. Who knows at this point? Uh, Marshawn Lattimore seems to be the only consistent cornerback. I'll take for a keep to lead. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely take. I'll I'll, I'll, t- I'll take so many guys. Uh, unfortunately, over over our backup cornerbacks, but. Uh, P.J. Williams, again, as we mentioned, he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week, uh, even though he gave up 149 passing yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the Rams uh, attack these guys. But I definitely see a heyday for, for the offense. On the flip side for, for the Saints offense, not a lot of weapons uh, were utilized against the Vikings. We talked about, really, it was um, Michael Thomas, obviously, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and that's about it. Taysom Hill had a catch. Traquan Smith had three catches. Austin Carr was targeted once. And that, those are the only guys with catches. No Benjamin Watson, no Josh Hill, no Cam Meredith. Um, so, uh, and, and no and no third-string running back who we never usually implement anyway. So it's really interesting to see how this team operates. Uh, Tyler, do you think uh, a lot more receivers and, and just overall options are going to be targeted? Do you think this Rams defense is, is going to be a little bit more aware um, mm-hmm. as to how they're going to be able to stop this team? Because if Michael Thomas is double teamed and we're not able to get somebody like Cameron Meredith to step up, the Saints could be in a lot of trouble. How do you see Sean Payton kind of kind of implementing the pass game against this defense, trying to utilize more weapons? Because I know you really like Traquan Smith, and Tom Lee Lewis could be playing on Sunday after returning from injury. Uh, what do you see, I guess, out of this wide receiver core and the, the other options for Drew Brees? Okay, this is what I see. Literally, Drew Brees needs to throw to eight or nine different receivers. We mm-hmm. said it in the Vikings uh, review game. Uh, review episode. I'll say it again because everybody loves hearing it. Uh, I will just list the guys Drew Brees needs to be throwing to come Sunday. If he doesn't throw to him, you might as well uh, throw to me because I feel like I could produce better than some of the Saints receivers and weapons. Okay, this is what you got to do. Drew Brees needs to throw too. And Mark Ingram first. Uh, well, not first, but he needs to target uh, Mark Ingram in the receiving game because we all remember last year, Mark Ingram was a dual threat. I believe he had... A, I think between three and 500 yards receiving, and he could really be a threat uh, that way just because of his quickness, his speed, his ability to run over people. Mark Ingram, Traquan Smith, Cameron Meredith, uh, Taysom Hill even. He's been everywhere. Throw him in at receiver. I do not care. Throw him in as a tight end. He could do it all. 
uh, uh, Austin Carr, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, Benj- uh, Benjamin Watson, Josh Hill, Alan Kamara. Everybody needs to be involved. If if this game is what I, I expect it to be, and the Saints can somehow, some way, get past the Rams defense, and it's a shootout both ways, Drew Brees cannot throw. I mean, he could, but he won't throw three to five hundred yards all at Michael Thomas. Uh, that's just not going to happen, mm-hmm. especially if they're double teaming him. So everybody needs to get involved. Uh, the best teams play when everybody is involved, and it's all committee working together. So yeah. that's what needs to happen. Either way, I think a lot of points are going to be scored no matter how you hash it out. Uh, And before we actually get into score predictions and and who we think will win the game, uh, I want to list off uh, Charlie's notes on this Rams game. Um, Let's hear it. I'll I'll just go. I'll just read it out exactly how he wrote it. Limit damage by Donald. X Factor will be Unger. Can he hold up? He's been beaten this year. Again, as I as I mentioned earlier, the hiccups with Max Unger uh, throughout the year, going up against the best defensive tackle in all of football. Um, he also said attack their linebackers. Our running backs versus their linebackers is a great matchup. Also look for crossing routes to attack short and intermediate uh, middle routes. Um, and if Donald or, or Sue take over, look for rollouts and sprint outs by Breeze to improve the pocket. That's also really interesting to see the type of movement the Saints will have. Drew Brees sometimes can move. He can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and with Taysom Hill there, uh, there could be some RPO, as Chris Collinsworth loves crazy. to see. Uh, there could be a lot of RPO uh, going on there, too, with uh, how good this Rams defensive Maybe even is. Teddy Bridgewater, too. Uh, probably not. Well, you, you we never saw know. him one snap versus a Vikings. Yeah, you he, never know. He just kind of stood there as wide receiver. But yeah. yeah, you're right. You never know. <laughs> you never uh, on know. Defense, guy Charlie can said, yeah, you're right. On defense, Charlie said, a stout run defense has to show up big, limit Gurley's damage. Uh, AJ Klein and Demario Davis will have big roles. Look for Bell in the box more. Uh, he's talking about Von Bell, obviously, our safety. Uh, like to see cornerback two in the face of their wide receivers. Absolutely, please, Eli Apple, play some more pressure. Don't be cushioned off. Uh, whoever you end up guarding, whether it be Cooks or, or Robert Woods. Uh, and will McVay bring, bring trickery? I think both of these offenses are definitely going to bring some uh, trick yeah. plays up their sleeves that we haven't really seen petty. yet. That's what I and expected. obviously we saw last week with the Rams with the fake punt, Johnny Hecker to Sam Shields. The Saints have run similar plays with Thomas said, but it's more so this year fake punts or going forward on fourth down have been via Taysom Hill. Um, and the last note for Charlie, of course, the Dome needs to be rocking, and he will be there, and he's going to be really excited. Yeah. It'll be so, awesome for him. Um, let, let's jump into score predictions. I'll start with you, Norm, since you are you are the guest on the show. Um, the Saints are currently favored by one and a half at home, and the over-under is set at 60. Give me your score prediction. Give me the, the biggest X factors for you, and tell, tell me why you uh, chose the score and who you want to win. Well, first, please put your safety in the box. Please. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm going predict- hey, hey. <laughs> to predict it the way I predicted it on our show last night. I think it's going to come down to uh, who has the football last. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. And uh, you can move the over up to 80 because I'm calling it 44-41 Rams. Ooh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Oh. Um, that's, 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 that's really high scoring. That's similar to week one for the Saints, 48-40 against, against the Buccaneers. So they've been in that position before, as have the Rams. Um Tyler, what do you think of man's score prediction? Uh, are, are you going that high? It's so tough. It really is because, uh, like, think about it. Like, of the two teams in the NFL, they're playing this week, and they can both score well over 30. You know, and oh, it's crazy because right now, I can't even think of a number. I, I think, of course, the Saints are going to win, but I'm just trying to think right now how much of an impact is the Rams defense going to have against us in the red zone, against the scoring points, 
it's Sunday because if the Rams are really big, uh, if the Rams defense has a really big impact, and I can already see it right now, I don't know how big of an impact the Saints defense is going to have. You know, I could see it just like the Vikings. The Saints uh, defensive line might not get hot until late. Their secondary might not pick things up until late. And because it's such a, like, the Rams have a good step on the Vikings when it comes to the offense. Sure, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but so is Jared Goff. And they have a lot of weapons. And I think it's tough. It's really tough. I'm going to say Saints win, Saints win 41-38. Oh, wow. Okay. Another another high scoring. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really tough. I just need to see how that how the Rams defense does. Because if, if their defense is playing lights out, it's going to be really tough. So this is something I don't think I've done all regular season. Um, I, I actually no, I did do it in, in uh, against the Falcons, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Don't do it. I I, I got to do it, man. I got to go with my instincts. I can't be in Homer. I'm gonna go against the Saints. I think I think this this Rams team is very 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 impressive. Well, I hope you're wrong. Both sides of the ball, including special teams, as are the Rams, but uh, or as are the Saints. However, the Rams do have that big advantage there, defensive line. And they've Ooh. shown they've shown that they've been able to attack good offensive lines. Uh, the the Saints secondary is still just a huge fat question mark, and the play of Marcus Williams and Von Bell has not impressed me enough for me to be confident in the safety core, even let alone the cornerback core. So the the, the secondary is in question. Uh, my my big prediction here, my bold prediction, is that um, Benjamin Watson will get two touchdowns in this game. I think. From the Rams watching film on the Saints against the Vikings, you didn't see Josh Hill or Ben Watson. Could distract them a little bit um, from the other weapons on the team and, and, and leave Watson open on some goal line plays, uh, which which happens quite often for, for the Saints. I'm surprised Watson didn't get a single reception last week, so I think he's due for a big game. Uh, but I, I think the Rams are going to win. I'm, I'm also picking them to score 38 like you, Tyler, but I think it's going to be 38-34. Uh, Rams are going to come away with the victory. Uh, but, yeah, we all chose the over on that. And, yeah, definitely the over-under should be 80 at this point with, with how these teams have been playing this so far this season. So, uh, But, Norm, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, if you want to go and plug away uh, your social media where people can find you and whatnot, uh, let them know uh, before we uh, do a quick little sign-off. Sure. You can uh, check us out on Twitter at TalkRams or me on Twitter at Norm Hightower. You can also look us up on Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we cover every team like you guys do, uh, pregame, postgame, and we also do a tour around the league in the summertime. So we'll probably give you guys a call for that. Fantastic. Uh, awesome. j- just to see how, you know, you're expecting a draft to go and stuff. But, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Saints. Uh, they're a good team. I, I really see this as being the preview to uh, the NFC Championship, mm. and may, maybe we can get together then and do it again. Would be fantastic. Be yeah. No, this was this was a great episode. We appreciate you uh, coming on. Yeah, we'd love to come it's on your podcast uh, anytime next year to help you break down the Saints with our probably it's going to end up like one draft pick next year uh, with the with the way <laughs> we've been trading away our draft picks. So no, fantastic, yeah. Norm. Again, thanks for coming on. Pass it off to you, Tyler, for the sign off, my man. Thanks. So first off, uh, we just want to thank you guys all tuning in at home, whether you're a Rams fan listening this week or if you're a Saints fan, as always, we appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. First off, we have to give kudos, of course, 
uh, Charlie Polo couldn't be here, but he's making up for it because next week he's going to have some crazy stories to tell us about the Saints-Rams game. So I think he makes up for it there. You can check him out on Twitter at St. Charlie. You can check out um, my great co-host, Dayton Brown, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can check me out at Raymond Tyler M on Twitter. And make sure to check out our official Who That Dish uh, podcast account on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. We just ended our our giveaway for the uh, Quinn Early books. Uh, we will be announcing that uh, shortly, so make sure to tune into that. And make sure to check out our podcast episodes on Spreaker.com if you're searching the internet or on iTunes if you have an iPhone. And, yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting us. Fantastic. Be sure to head to swag.fansided.com and search the Who Dat Ditch podcast to buy our merchandise, including our T-shirts. Uh, would be great if yeah, you guys all post, new stuff there. Yeah, post your selfies on, on Twitter of whatever gear you end up getting, especially those T-shirts. Let us know. Uh, and rate us on iTunes. goes a long way. We really appreciate it. Uh, you guys have been doing great at that lately. Um, and, yeah, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And who dat? Who dat?